everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast. I am your host, Bro Dinky, in your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. The Schmidt is off tonight, but I do have my good friend, Matt McDee, from the Spirit of Time podcast. Matt, say hello to the folks out there. Hey, folks out there. What's up, buddy? Uh, not too much. You know, I was I was trying to figure out the the mashup name for this episode. I came up with, I think, Spirit of Wrist Cheese Time. And that's what I'm going to go with. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, not too much. You know, just getting ready for, you know, another week. This, this is kind of my, we're recording on a Saturday night. So this is sort of my Sunday. I go back tomorrow. Um, kind of uneventful, but but overall, pretty good week. How about you? Dude, it's been pretty busy, man. Uh, I had a a two week like just absolute crusher work wise that in, that involved about uh, seven days away from home. So I was wow. actually away from home and traveling during Watches and Wonders. So I kind of, you know, caught what I could, you know, a little bit on the uh, on the phone, um, you know, with the various apps and and Hodinky and Fratello, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, after being on the road for a while, naturally you come home like two days into being home, like I'm sick and everybody I was traveling with was sick. So that, yeah. that sort of sucked, <laughs> but I'm, I'm good to go now. And, I'm, you know, the throat's lubricated. I got something poured here and we're good to go. Very good. Very good. Um, so anyways, for those of you, uh, for those of you that are not familiar, um, Matt is from the Spirit of Time podcast that I've, I feel like I've mentioned plenty on this pod so if you haven't checked that out definitely do um anything new and exciting coming up with the pod before we get into things here so we've had a couple of really really good episodes recently i mean i think about a month or so ago um a lot of people probably caught i mean if you're listening to you know to bro and schmidt you may have caught us as well with james stacy so i think we've yeah. caught all the all the three big sort of uh hodinky alum pokemon right so that's james <laughs> jason and cole at this point. So, you know, I feel like, okay, that's a feather in our cap, but that was a great episode. We had, um, actually Spence from whiskey and watches and we did a, like a, a formula one rundown. That was about four weeks ago. That was great. Um, and then our last episode was with a kind of an unusual for us guest, a, a guy named John is he's active in the defense industry. So I'm not using his last name, but, uh, He's got a, a really interesting feed on Instagram. The guy's uh, goes by the handle Mosquito Boat. Mosquito Boat, yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> a he's a really active like World War II and Vietnam like historic recreationist, and he comes by it really you know authentically. He's a, a retired master sergeant from the Marine Corps. His dad was a master chief in the Navy, and the guy's got some amazing watches. Just four or five watches in the collection. Nice. But all of them are absolute bangers. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that, but the guy's got a, uh, you know, basically a, a deployment purchased GMT two. Awesome. He's got, yeah, he's got a, a sea dweller from the early eighties passed on to his dad. Again, when his dad made master chief, he bought that watch. Uh, I think while on deployment in the far East, probably like 1980, 81, he's got the Tornick Ravel and, then he's got just the one of the most amazing like wartime Tudor uh oyster prints that I've ever seen. And it's on a I saw that era strap. correct. Yeah, it's on that Alongapo, you know, uh US Navy 
it's just super killer vibes. So that was that was great to have John on. And then it hasn't aired yet, but we just recorded recently with uh, Cameron Weiss, kind of catching up with oh, Cameron. Cool. He's a, a friend from we're we're based here in Southern California and Cameron used to be a SoCal guy. So that'll probably be out in the next week or so. And that's kind of what's been going on with us. Very, very cool, man. Um, yeah. So first of all, great to have you on the show. I mean, I, I'm almost ashamed it's taken this long. I, I feel like I've known you since almost day one of starting up Brodinky. Um, you know, and not only that, I've had your I've had your other half, Greg, on already earlier, way earlier in the show. And when Schmidt was out, I had him on for like a sort of a an episode about booze and smokes and things like that. But yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like it's been overdue. So I, I'm definitely glad you were able to come on with me because the the Schmidt was out and I was like, well, who am I going to get on? I was like, all right, well, like I have a like a, a almost a little list ready in my head. I'm like, all right, these are the ideals. And then I'll, I'll work my way down. And, and I have you near the top because we, we we talk often enough. And then even after episodes, we'll sometimes, you know, chat on the phone and stuff and recap things. But um, it just so happened that uh, our previous guest, Cody from the Anti-Watch Watch Club, happened to tag us both in a post featuring the Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium, which is a beer, in case those who don't know. But yep. um, we were kind of going back and forth about about our faves. And so this is almost a uh, uh, an episode brought to you by New Belgium. Not really. But um, but I happen to have some on hand and I know you do. And since uh, your pod often does risk check for check, I felt like it would be appropriate tonight. I know we don't do it too often, but when in Rome, uh, why not? So why don't, why don't you kick us off here? What do you got in the in the glass on the wrist there, bud? All right, man. So on the wrist is actually a. Uh, the first half of the day, so I'm kind of cheating. Oh. I, I have we have Greg and I have a watch in for review. It is the Royal Guard from Imperial Watch Company, okay. and that uh, frankly, I was out and about and in hot weather and getting all smoky and and sweaty and sunscreeny. I took that thing off because that's not my NATO on it. But right now, I have the uh, the Omega, kind of the stalwart. This is the the Seamaster 300, the modern iteration, the 300M. So this is kind of the the latest version of the you know the quote-unquote bond watch so this right. is just the, the the black dial black bezel uh you know circa 2018 and i've got it on sort of my trademark sage green nato love this watch this is basically you know i don't need a submariner when i have this and this is just kind of a, a fantastic you know go everywhere do everything kind of watch um and that's on wrist in the glass, I have, like you, I've got the New Belgium. I went in a slightly different direction. I've got the uh, the New Belgium Tripel. So this is basically their sort of Belgian-style ale, the triple. This is ironically, because, right, the triples, Tripel, it's typically high ABV. This is like 8.5%. But for New Belgium, this is actually on the tame side of, like, their offering list. Yeah. I mean, if you've got some of their, their Juice Force IPAs, <laughs> I do, and AZs, I do. they're like 9 and 10%. Those uh, those things are jackhammers. They're so good, but they're dangerous. But this is a great beer, and it's really, really subtle. Um, I I would say New Belgium, especially something like Fat Tire, if you're at a new place and you're looking at a wine or beer list and you see something like you know Fat Tire, it's just like Sam Adams or 805 from Firestone. If you don't recognize anything else, just get the Fat Tire. It's going to be yeah. good. Yeah, it's going to be good. It pairs well with a lot of different kinds of food. Um, it's not super heavy, but it still feels like it has, you know, enough heft to have some character. It's a great beer. And the same thing is true of this Trapel. So that's 
what's in the glass and on the wrist. How about you? Uh, in the, I guess the can here, uh, it started off. I, I have a little sampler action going on here. So uh, they're all Voodoo Rangers, but this one happens to be the Juicy Haze IPA. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. It's got some citrus notes. It's definitely got that hazy sort of mouthfeel to it. Uh, it's hoppy. It's an IPA and it's going down pretty smooth right now. So I'm going to work my way through that. I do happen to have a, a juice force in here uh, as well as a voodoo vice, which looks pretty funny and an experimental, which ought to throw me for a loop by the end of the episode. So we'll see how that goes um, on the wrist. I have an old, this is a slim Willard, I believe 6105, 8,000. Um, I got it on a, sort of a green sagey NATO single pass. Um, yeah, just a really cool old Seiko that I, I bought and I, I got a pretty good deal on. And it was sort of after the, the, the fatter Willard came back and I was, yep. I was looking at them, but I was like, man, I don't know if I got the wrist for that. So I was kind of just digging more and I was like, okay, they just brought this back in sort of a reissue, but I got in this one and, and I was like, this seems like almost the, sort of ideal dimensions for for an old diver for me. So I picked that up. Uh, I've been loving it since. It's got a lot of the the Seiko qualities I like, like that uh that shovel secondhand or stoplight, whatever people call it. But um yep. But it's patinaed out really nice. Um it's in pretty good shape and uh you know I'm just really enjoying it. So I wear this one as often as I can. You know, it's it's a vintage so you got to watch out about weather and where I'm wearing it, right? Wouldn't wear this one to work, but uh Yeah, no, yeah. that's a that's a killer. Somewhere Tommy from the Land Jam podcast is like his ears are perking up. Like what is fit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, very good. So uh anyways, I know you said you were traveling for a lot of watches and wonders. I'm assuming you at least caught the hits. I also know you were in our group chat where we were all sort of souped up for things like the ingenuers. So why don't you uh hit me with at least what do you what stuck with you? Because I I I like to get everybody's opinion on things like this because a it's completely subjective and b like I always find things that maybe I didn't catch or maybe little things about certain watches that I might have just breezed over. So I like to kind of get everybody's input on what they what they liked, what they if they didn't like something or if they they saw something that kind of floated under the under the radar. So why don't you uh, take me through that? What, what did you see there? Well, the stuff that I like the most is honestly is going to be stuff that I, there's just no way I can either afford or, or get an allocation for. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, that. you mentioned the ingenuer and that was the thing that I've been looking forward to. Like a lot of people, um, I'm an IWC fan going back to about 2008. I've had a couple of aqua timers. I've never had a Mark or a, uh, one of the chronographs. I always wanted to have one of the, uh, the NGs, but those things were, they, they had one reference back about 10 years ago, maybe a little more. That was like a reasonably sized, you know, 40 millimeter, um, relatively thin, but it was an Eta movement and a lot of people kind of crapped on it. And I never saw one in the wild, but I think a lot of people wanted the return of something that was kind of a, a legit ingenue, right? I, I really like the watches. So I have nothing bad to say about the designs. They look like they're going to fit well. I'm I'm told that the bracelets are very well executed. So all that's cool. But like everybody, I mean, I think this is, I'm not reinventing the wheel with this opinion, but they're just, they're expensive. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. what they are, they are expensive. And, and they're saying, they're kind of signaling like, hey, not only are they expensive, but they're going to be hard to get. 
eh. You know, so I'm I'm sad about that as an IWC fan. Um, but we'll see. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You know, we're just now starting to see in ADs, you know, the cool colors from the Aquaterras that were released right. by Omega last year. So who knows how long it's going to take for these IWCs to show up. Um, and if they do, maybe they're going to be in reasonable numbers or maybe in a year, you know, the the integrated bracelet heat will die down and and they'll be available. We'll see. But, you know, 12, 13, 15 grand for those watches is a lot. So who knows? So that's my sort of impression of that. The other thing that really struck me the most is um, my exit watch is going to be pretty much any flavor of gold GMT master. And oh, yep. Yeah, you know, that's I I don't want to play into the hype. We did a whole episode like a year and a half ago about the importance of steering away from the hype train. But I mean, that's just an amazing watch. Uh, you know, to me, that's a that's a beautiful piece. And that means the GMT has a lot of importance, like in, you know, for me as a as a watch enthusiast and collector and having you know i've i had an airline and aviation background and and that kind of thing and so that's cool to me and it probably always will be in a way that no other rolex really is so i'm not gonna you know poo poo it then last but not least um i think the thing that really intrigued me and i'd love to see it is uh for all the talk of the black bay 54 the thing that i want to see is that opaline dial gmt okay so uh, Greg and I at Spirit of Time, we had, um, thank you, Catlin, we had a uh, a Norcane, the Freedom 60 GMT with that opaline dial that yep. they have. And I absolutely think that 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 dial treatment makes the watch. It's so, so cool. I would love to see what the Tudor GMT looks like with that. So those are kind of my hits. Um, there's obviously, there's a lot of other things out there. I mean, I know, you know, on on sort of the, the sideshow in I don't know what they they called it, but you know people attended I think uh, that sort of subsidiary show across town in Geneva at the same right. time with some of the some of the high end independents. Some of those watches look amazing too. Um, a lot of people like that Shopic that looks bitching, but again that's kind of that's out of my price range for sure. <laughs> the GMT I can I can kind of dream about like maybe. Maybe I can jump somebody or, you know, chop somebody's wrist off and take it. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you could probably like that's a watch you could always like I always go back to where I'm like, all right, if I consolidated everything, right, I can make a run at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that is your your sadness speedmaster, man. Yeah, exactly. So I'm we, glad you're keeping track. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely like the engineer. It's just again that that price range is nuts, but, um, uh, but the dial, yeah, that to really... me, that's like a, that's a, that's a $9,000 watch all yeah. day long. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those things that like you used to be able to get it a discount maybe. <laughs> but, right. But no, you know, this is just different times, I guess. But, uh, yeah, those dials, they look killer. I really like the look of them. And like you said, they, they kind of harken back to the age where the generic movement wasn't so looked down upon, right. Everything is oh in-house now. Right. But, you know, I kind of, I kind of miss those days, to be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, for um, sure. I, I want to say, and I don't have it in front of me. I should have done my homework. I want to say the reference three two two seven was like a forty two millimeter ingenieur, maybe even a little smaller. And I, I want to say that was like a, a, a reworked, based movement, and that was probably about as close as you could get to kind of a mainstream, you know, appeal where you know there was a lot of the 
like the the fairy dust that they sprinkle on it, you know, by the yep. elves at Schaffhausen and and still looking like a proper engineer without being like a 46 millimeter behemoth. Right. Yeah. And did you see they, they dropped uh, two ceramic 41 millimeter uh, pilot chronos, man? Like kind of on the sneak. I didn't really notice until last week I brought it up and I was like, these are actually awesome. I love the blue. I mean, the blue is sick, but yeah, they're, those are absolutely yeah. badass. I, um, I think we probably talked about this on the back channel and I, I'm hoping that I'm close to getting it. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm hearing whispers that it may be soon, but I've got a, uh, uh, a Zen 103, uh, Diapal. Oh, nice. That, uh, you know, I, I basically put money down on, um, in December. So hopefully that's going to kind of realize itself soon and, you know, that'll be on the wrist and that, that will scratch that itch. But if I didn't have that, like already brewing that the IWC pilots chronos would probably be fighting for like top billing in my imagination right now. I do love them. And I, they have that bronze version that I really, really dig. And I'm not always into huge, huge into bronze, but that one has just always struck me. And I'm like, all right, maybe maybe like one day when I I find like one used for a really good price on Watch Recon or something, maybe I'll make a run at it. But till then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, those you know the bigger pilots watches that they do, but especially well, I guess that you know the one from last year, right? Or maybe it was the year before, but the forty three millimeter, like the small big pilot. Yeah. So um, a local guy here, shout out to my buddy Zeke, Speedmaster Addict. He has one of those. Uh, that format is amazing like they could do so much with that it looks great um and that's one of those where pretty much any any iteration that they release with that 43 millimeter big pilot ish aesthetic i love that too yeah i saw it in green it looked really good yeah that's ridiculous yeah. isn't it yeah they've they've really upped their um color game recently i've seen a lot of like burgundies and greens and things where it used to be just pretty plain jane flieger like now it's a little more fun i really like that um what is it the chronograph that lewis hamilton was wearing the one with the like the the light blue on it it's the one for his racing team i forget what oh the yeah yeah the, the amg the yeah, amg that's the one. Yep. yeah where it's like yeah exactly it's that kind of blue green color yeah that was a really nice watch yep yep those are very cool well, what about the? Um, I, I'm hoping I'm not putting the cart before the horse here, but you, we were talking a little bit, or you'd sent the text, but that uh, the Seiko's, I don't know the reference number, but it's like a 62 Moss look alike, but rendered in a like a gold tone. What yeah, did you I, think of that? I one? did have that on the docket tonight, but okay. why not? It's all good. Um, it's it's definitely cool. Um, I saw a lot of people sort of griping because it does have the 8L movement in it, and a lot of the watches that are in this sort of range i've heard a lot of people and it's usually the person wearing it so i don't know how much i subscribe to it but they'll be like oh this is a seiko but this is like practically a grand seiko because it's got a lot of the higher end parts in it and everything now owning a grand seiko again i don't know if i subscribe to that because i've seen the levels of you know finishing and things as you have and uh it, it's just another level but i think what they mean is it's just a, a an extra step above the the typical Seiko divers and maybe above the Marine master and things like that. But um, I saw people were a little disappointed that it's plated gold, but I guess the benefit here would be that the price is going to stay down and it definitely has a really neat dial configuration. It, 
I saw it described as I think it's Astro Lab, but it looks like it has an E on the end. I don't know what the maybe it's Astro Lab. I'm not sure, but it's got sort of this globe pattern with a. It almost reminds me of the Pan Am logo. But really cool. It's got gold all over the place, and then it's accented in brown. So brown bezel, brown strap. You know, I love this case. I love these divers. Like these are these. I I still don't have a sixty-two Moss. I'm still sort of chasing between like the thousand dollar version and like the four thousand dollar version because i ideally you know the slas are sort of like the the bread and butter the oldest seikos that i could among the oldest seikos i could think of and they're they're they go back to like the coolest iterations that i like like the old ones and i've thought about getting a vintage one where they have almost like green markers because they've been aged out and they look so good but also getting a newer one, you know, you're not going to have that wear and tear. You know, it's it's not frankened or anything. So it's it's kind of a give and take. But I really, really do like these um, overall. I don't know if this is the one I would go with, though. What do you think of this guy? This is one of those that where it I think I really need to have it in hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, I the aesthetics overall, like on paper, it looks cool. And it looks like that early seventies, it nails kind of that early seventies sort of, uh, you know, disco vibe, but I, I would want to see if it looks cheap. Um, I have, right. I, I have one of those, uh, I have a Marine master, the SLA, uh, 21. So the zero two one with this movement and they advertise it as being kind of like a, a not quite finished, you know, Grand Seiko, right? That's uh, what I always three, three hand automatic. It, it's not finished to the same standard, and it's not regulated. But on the timing machine, um, it's the most accurate watch I own. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, well, I mean, it's like basically in a three way tie. You know, with um, and you I you can't really time the the spring drive like on a conventional machine, but you know, this thing runs just about plus one, which is not the advertised standard. But uh, it's a great, great watch. If you ever want to try the 62 Moss, I know somebody who, you know, might send you a uh, an SPB 149, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think this looks really cool. I Again, though, I really would want to see it. I would want to see if there's enough, um, uh, what's the word, like, you know, visual contrast between the background and the handset. Yes. My my first Grand Seiko was like a silver on silver on silver kind of thing. And in in bright sunlight, it was like it was literally hard to tell the time. Yeah, it was, it was d- difficult to read. Um, that doesn't look like it's the case with this watch, but I would want to see it. And I would like to see how they did the brown, like on the bezel and the the accents and stuff like that. But I think this would probably look cool on a, uh, you know, on a leather strap you know, maybe a little bit distressed, um, you know, and just wear it like a, in a DGAF configuration. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be cool. I agree. I do agree with that. Um, and for those who are counting, this is the SLA 066. And it's a, it's an LE. I up oh, 300 units. So you better get cooking on that there, McD. Yeah, man. Well, like I say, I got to uh, I got to move that 149 first. We'll That's see. That's right. That's right. We'll see. For the record, I've just cracked this Juice Force IPA. Kind of tastes like Sunny Delight and an IPA had a baby, not in a bad way, but uh, it definitely packs a punch. You were right about that. 
So you're drinking it in the can if you haven't poured it. Um, but I I believe that one's pretty. That's a hazy, right? Is that what it says on the can? It is hazy imperial IPA. Okay, I've had the orange one, but not the not the quote unquote you know fruit one. And I want to say, what is that like? Nine point five ABV. You know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't check, but I know they're all up there. Yeah. So, oh, yep, you're right. Nine point five on the money. Yep. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I did have some uh, some new drops to to roll through. That was one of them. Um, another one, I guess I'll stick with Seiko while I'm here, is the – so they dropped a Seiko 5 Sport. It's for the Aussie market celebrating the supercar championships down there. Um, pretty cool. It has a sort of carbon fiber motif on the dial. This is the SRP J97K1 and K2. Really, the only difference is one comes in a black rubber and one comes on an orange rubber. But you're getting sort of a the Seiko 5 Sports quote-unquote diver look with a, I believe it's Coke bezel. I can't tell if it's orange or red, but I think it's I think it's a Coke bezel. And uh, yeah, like I said, a, a sort of a carbon fiber look on the dial. Pretty yeah, neat. it's it's, uh, it's kind of hard to tell exactly, but yeah, it looks like it's it's supposed to look like pre-preg carbon fiber, where it's you know you can kind of see like a weave in it. Yes, and uh, and yeah, like you, the renders that I've seen, it looks like it's a Coke bezel, or as you know, as close to it as not. Um, looks pretty cool to me. That the is it just me, or does the bezel look like literally more kind of gnarly than other bezels in the? you know, the five K X range, like it, maybe it's just a light, but it looks like the bezel is like way more aggressively sort of jimped. It's funny. I was going to use the word aggressive when you said that it does look, I don't know, sharper. Yeah. It looks like it's like an aftermarket bezel. That's just, you know, way more. Um, yeah. Literally more like more relief to it is sharper, more aggressive. I think that's I another one that you. I'd like to see. I'm not gonna lie. I think I agree with you. Maybe it's just maybe they like turned over a new leaf and they're just using these now, but just didn't tell anybody. <laughs> Could be. Could be. It looks cool though. I mean, I I love this aesthetic. I wish. So I have one of the the GMTs that they released last year, right? The yeah, the 5KX GMT. And um, I talked to a local watchmaker about getting a an SKS, an old SKS case, and just doing a case swap. Oh, so literally put everything, you know drop everything into an SKS case so you'd have a screw down crown. But I, I think what he needs to do is mic out the dimensions on the um on the stem on the crown and see if it all matches. You know, once uh you know when it's screwed in and and not screwed in. So if it'll actually be compatible with the movement. But um you know for a hundred meters water resistance, you know, with Seiko, as long as you kind of keep up with the the maintenance on the the gaskets and stuff. I mean, that should be at least swimmable, maybe not scuba, but so, you know, Schmitty might not like it, but you know, if you're, if you're in the pool or in the hot tub or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm uh, very anal about water resistance because I, we don't, I live in a very old house. We don't have a dishwasher. So, I mean, I, I'm Ah. washing dishes and I have a a koi pond that I'm constantly in and out of. And I forget that I have a, 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 a watch on sometimes if I'm doing maintenance or whatever. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, I, I don't want to, to reach in there with like a 50 year old speedmaster. Um, But something like this should be fine. 
Yeah, I would think, you know, I, I always like to assume, you know, everybody says they, oh, well, they test like 20% beyond what the actual rating is. Again, have I heard horror stories? Yeah, I've heard of somebody who took their brand new Explorer 2 to the beach and went in the water and it fogged up, which sucks. But, you know, I would like to think that's more um, the exception than the rule. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I have an Explorer. Do you still have your Explorer? Did you get rid of that? One? I did not. I, I, I ended up selling it. Um, Yeah, I moved that on. Probably, it was about a year ago, I think. All right. Um, but yeah, so still, that's still one of my favorite Rolexes of all time. I mean, it's again, you don't get many white dials in Rolex, especially sport models. So, um, yeah, it was a Polar Explorer 16570 like you have. Um, yeah, it was a banger of a watch. It just, uh, you know, seemed like the right time to move it. So so I did. Yeah, no, you know, that's uh, that's one of those where it's if I'm not going to move it for a GMT, that's a forever watch for me. I'm only mm-hmm. going to roll it upward. And unless the right opportunity comes around that I'm sticking with it, but I could definitely see why, you know, you'd want to move it. It's like those things doubled in value in like two years. Yeah, they did. They really did. <laughs> yeah. But now it's a discriminator between us. Cause I think at one point, didn't we have like five yeah, or six had, like high profile watches that were in common? My yes. buddy was like, I'm sure I told you that story. I have a buddy locally who's like, dude, are you bro dinky back before people knew who you were? Because we had so many watches right. in common. He was like, So we I, had we had the Tudor GMT Pepsi. Yep. We had yep. the Polar Explorer 2. We had we both had a 71 Speedmaster, which was yep. weird. Yep. And the Shunbun. The Shunbun, dude, and an Arnie. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, and and I think we have a similar turtle. Yeah. And and there was one or two others too. I it was a little eerie the yeah. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah, I can this, understand my, why your friend was a little creeped out. He's <laughs> like, dude, is is that you? No, it's not, it's not me, man. All right, I'm gonna go up next one uh to my next pick here, and I think you're gonna enjoy it because they are all German names, knowing uh I feel like we need you and Buzzy for this one. <laughs> so Nomos has four new tetras. And they're sort of in a neutral palette, a lot of uh, like taupe and silver, some light pink, some uh, what they call aubergine. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's eggplant. Um, <laughs> so one is a silver with pink small second dial. And I'm going to rip off the German names here. And this is not going to come out right, but I'll do the translation. So the first one is die Bar which is the unreachable. There's a pink with a silver small second dial, the Wildenschlossen, I think, which is... I don't have the uh, the names in front of me, but I'm guessing that's like Wildenschlossen. Yeah, so this is the fiercely determined. So each one has like sort of a, an ambitious name to it, except, and this is, I, I put these to Google Translate for the record, because one okay. of them comes out very, very funny. <laughs> obviously i saved it for less uh the top dial with silver small second is de capriciose which is the capricious and then the aubergine sort of slate colored dial is i'm not even gonna be able to say this one it's d no i'm not gonna be able to say it it's like fruchte I don't know. I can't even read it, to be honest. But uh, when I put it in Google Translate, it comes out as the Fox Devil Savages. 
I got to assume that's like an, an NHL expansion team. I got to assume that's lost in translation. It, <laughs> it kind of sounds like a metal band to me. <laughs> yeah. But it's honestly my favorite of the bunch. It's got like almost a, a copper or a gold small seconds and like a turquoise small seconds hand. It's they're pretty cool. Honestly, I really like, like the Tetra. I know it's 30 by 30. It's like kind of an odd shape, but I mean, it's only six and a half millimeters thick and it's a manual wine. So it's a pretty neat little package. They come in around 2,300 bucks. You know, I'm not really like a Cartier person. I do like JLC, but like they're way out of my price range. So like Tetra, maybe I've always kind of thought about it. Yeah, you know what? Um, I could see this as like an alternative to one of those, like the heavy hitter names wise. Cause I mean, some of those are fantastic, right? I mean, if you get one that's like, you know, precious and they've got some interesting complications or, or interesting movements, but a lot of them, my perception is that they're, you know, the movements, whether they're in house and I'm making air quotes here, um, whether they're in house or not, they're not amazingly you know long lasting in terms of power reserve they're not necessarily amazingly accurate or amazingly um resistant to magnetism right and and if you're not getting something like that you know that's like handmade by some you know again some elf in a cave in <laughs> you know up in the jura um you know what you really want is the aesthetic and to me the aesthetic is here just like it is with, uh, uh, you know, something like say the Oris rectangular. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a really good alternative. And I agree with you. I think the one to get is the one with that sort of, you know, kind of light blue, whatever it is, like an aquamarine secondhand. I, I want to basically get one of these for my wife and, because I can kind of see how that goes. You know, she opens it and it's like, oh, cool. Okay. And it's like, hey, on days you don't wear it. I know somebody who would. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, ex exactly. And it's the same thing with the Oris. So yeah. Those are, I don't know. I think those are cool watches. I do too. And I, I feel like over the past maybe year and a half, I've really come around on Nomos in general. I mean, not just because they, they happen to have donated me a watch last year and I got to hang out with it and try it on for a while. But I mean, their their style's unique. Their stuff is in house. You know, they they don't really play by anybody's rules, which I really like. Like they just do their own thing, and it's yeah, it's it's fun. They make fun watches, which I really I applaud, and they're not crazy expensive. Yeah, I, you know, just as an aside, we didn't we didn't plan talking about this, but um, about a year ago, I was again on a work trip and ran into a guy wearing an Autobahn. Okay, and do you, do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, I do. And on wrist, that thing looks so cool. And I've seen the watches a few times in the metal. My our local, you know, AD here, Feldmar, they're an authorized dealer for uh, for Nomos. They're really cool looking watches, but you just, you know, it doesn't seem like it's the kind of thing that like fits in with what I would normally do. But I tell you what, if one of those just dropped into my, you know, an Easter basket for me or into my uh, you know, my stocking at Christmas. Like I would, I would wear the shit out of that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're really, really cool watches. Yeah. On to this one is really interesting. I, I, I really liked it when it came out and I saw when it wind up, this is the citizen challenge diver. Now they have a blacked out version. Yep. But the cool part is it's still titanium and they're describing it as super titanium, which means I'm assuming there's a coating on it. Yeah, like hang on one thin. second. Yep. 
Oh yeah, there we go. That's satisfying. Yeah. Sorry, but Josh. This... Right. Josh hates that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Which is, yeah, that is how I actually came to, uh, to know you is through, through Josh. This is just sparkling water, man. Just to kind of go with the beer. Um, I'm looking at a picture of the watch now, the citizen. I really, really like these. And I found myself a few weeks ago with a, a friend of mine from, again, from work, not a watch person at all. And, you know, once you're sort of in this at a certain point, right, we've all had this experience where people come to you like, Hey, you're into watches, right? you you collect watches. You know, a lot about them. What should I get? This is what I'm yep. looking for. And, uh, this is basically where I pointed them, not this particular reference, but you know, the, you know, the conventional kind of, um, you know, white metal version of this, but you know, he wanted a, a kind of a medium size dive ish sports watch with really good loom under a thousand bucks and something that would last a long time. I'm like, dude, you need the, the citizen, this diver, this is what you, and he was like, yeah, done, bought it. I, I like these a lot. Yeah, again, another brand that I've really warmed up to in recent times. Like, you know, the the Fugus are super cool. These ones really struck me. I, I tried the blue one on it wind up, and I remember it was like feather light. And I was like, damn, this is actually pretty cool for like a, a watch that you could legit dive in, you know? like, And I know Titanium sort of had a moment, and I don't know. It's just it's a well-proportioned watch. I know it's it's 41, I think, by like 12, so it's not too thick. I think it's got a 9051 in it. Um, but it, this is just super cool. And this one has sort of almost like a smoky gradient dial, which I really like. Yeah. But yeah, this... I, even like the and the blacked out watches have sort of had their own sort of movement as well lately. So I, I feel like this hits right on the head. You know what I mean? Yeah. The black element to this, I can kind of take it or leave it. I mean, that's not really my jam. But and, you know, when you first look at this, if you're somebody who's sort of into watches like this is kind of a boring watch. But at yeah. the same time. It's it's not because this is the sort of thing that like in a year is still going to look good and in five years is going to look good and in 25 years is going to look good. It's it's basically it is the correct formula for a like, you know, go anywhere, do anything, you know, sport dive watch that's going to be easy to support like logistically maintenance and it looks cool. And you know it's not gonna be crazy expensive, so you can beat it around a little bit, which is nice. I, I yeah, I think that's what I like about cheap watches is like I don't feel bad. You know, I don't have to I don't have to sit there like holding it above my head, not rashing it on the desk, you know. Yeah. Well, dude, I I don't know what the the name is to this thing. I know that there's a particular LE that's called the um the whale shark, but I got one of these basically like the citizen ashtray. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like their version of the ashtray. It's that big it's one. A, it's it's a square. Yep. It's kind of yeah, and it's a it's a a titanium case with a titanium squared shroud around it, you know, with these flanges and stuff. The thing is super light, and it's got this distressed kind of finish on it, so it's almost like a, a media blasted finish. It feels like it's it feels like plastic in terms of how how not heavy it is, how light it is, and that has completely replaced my Arnie as like my workout watch. Very nice. It's so, so light. Yeah. Greg has it to take pictures of. Um, I got the one with like the mottled blue, like blue camouflage dial. Citizen's doing great things with with their divers. And they always have. I think it's just one of those things where people have to kind of come around all the way around the, you know, the Ferris wheel of I get that. Yeah. Watch enthusiasm and like 
come back to say, Hey, you know what, this, this thing that I saw 20 years ago, it's still bitching. Yeah. And those were super cool. I, the, the shape on those is, is wild. Yeah. Kind of like yeah, you, all over the place. You like, would not, not really, I don't know even what to call that type of shape, but it's, it's just crazy. But I, I assume it, it looks like it, it sits on the wrist really well based on how like the, what you call them, like phalanges kind of expand outward. Like, I think they yep. definitely plan that one out accordingly. Like, if it's going to be that big, we have to make it sort of hug kind of nicely. Like, like the Arnie does. I mean, I, I, I've had the Arnie. It's awesome. And it's, it's for as big as it is, it's wearable, like super yeah. wearable. Yeah. This is not to take anything away from the Arnie because that's always going to be a classic. But this, um, those citizen, again, I'm using the word ashtray. That's not what they call them. <laughs> um, but that uh, it, it kind of wears like a Radiomir or, okay, um, yeah. you know, like a, a Ploprof, you know, where it's really, really deceptive. And then when you put it on wrist, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of small. Very cool. Um, I've just cracked the Voodoo Vice. Uh, my favorite part about this is the skeleton on the can is sort of dressed like um, Scarface. So that's cool. Let me see that can. I've seen the uh, the Voodoo <laughs> Rangers where it's like the dude. Oh yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> He's got like a a button first you, with with palm first you get the money. It. He's got then a, you get the beer. He's then got you a get the buzz. Chain. Dude, I, the actual quote is really good. I I don't think we could say it, but it's no. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm getting a, lot a of, great movie like grapefruit here, but it's uh it's a little more mellow, which I appreciate at this at this junction. Um, in the episode. Right on. So, but uh, hey. And can oh. I interrupt again, apropos of nothing, but we're like, you're on your second beer. It is your second beer, right? Not your third. Third. Thank you. That is sweet. Who's counter? But uh, dude, so I reached out and I'm putting this out there. I'm, I'm kind of putting them on blast before he formally agreed to it. But like I'm manifesting. I think that's what the kids say, right? I'm manifesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I reached out to uh, Watches of Espionage to join us to do a Cocktails of Espionage <laughs> on the Spirit of Time podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but, uh, you know, the beers of espionage, cocktails of espionage. That would be like, epic. That, that would be pretty rad. Anyhow, so what do you got next, man? I agree. Um, so this one is, I mean, I think it's a super limited, but I'll tell you what struck me about it. So Unimatic decided to do a collab with, I don't know how you pronounce this. It's uh, Clayson, Coivy, uh I don't know. I Coivisto Rune or Rune. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, they did this collab. It's sort of their their aggressive field looking watch with the the thick bezel. They made one in steel, one in bronze, and then one in gold. They're super sterile. They have only a red second hand and these red ribbed, which I assume is a rubber strap. But the gold version is 24 carat. Does that seem problematic to you at all? 24 carat gold on a watch? So I've seen it. Um, I'm curious, one, as to how much it costs, and two, like how how dingable that thing is gonna be. I... It's it um the handset on it, like is it just me? That's total hublot vibes. Yes, I could see that. Yeah. Um I think it looks really cool, but I, I, again, it's all about, you know, the price with this thing. Cause I've got to imagine this is a relatively, you know, mundane movement. 
Um, SW two hundred for the record in okay, a twenty four yeah. carat case. <laughs> twenty four carat. Yeah, it seems like you could breathe on that and it might get you know dented. I but I I honestly don't know. I've never had any experience with anything other than eighteen carat or fourteen carat. Um, but it it it's intriguing, and I mean that red with the red strap that definitely has fu vibes. I feel like Mr. Wonderful needs this, right? Isn't that his could, stick, the the red the red strap? I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I mean my my one gripe with watches like this is that I I can't really tell the time on them cuz there's no markers, but right. You know, it's sort of that Movado, that that Movado museum vibe. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm more just curious 24 karat gold i'm wondering how they pulled that off and if like like you said if you ding that watch does it just dent and then that's it like is it super malleable i i don't know yeah i will we'll have to find out i yeah, I'm, might... I'm curious to say the least i know there's only i think it's only 10 pieces so i'm assuming it's super expensive and super elusive but i'm dying to know well, you know what? Let's let's put a pin in it, and at this time next year, let's do this episode again and come back to it because my younger daughter is going to be taking, I think, like a goldsmithing and jewelry, you know, uh, oh, class. Alchemy? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Very cool, very cool. All right. Um, the next one I'm going to go with is the Super Seawolf Rainbow. Did you check this out? It's got a skeleton dial. I um yeah so we again we are very good friends with one of the local authorized dealers here and that's Feldmar here in Los Angeles and one of the the principals there not a, not an owner um but the guy who's basically you know the operations dude there um he has a connection uh I probably have already said too much but uh little kid her name is Dre super super cute and she does um the oh, I've seen junior, her. Ju yeah. junior horologist so she's she good. just no, did a video really good, like, actually yeah a day or two ago with this so i know that mike pearson was in town we were talking a little bit i, I wasn't able to link up with him but i i imagine he brought this in and she was able to do a quick video on this it's a really interesting looking thing i you know i'm i'm a stand for zodiac not just because of the the mic connection, but uh, I like Zodiac because they they produce a lot of a lot of what they make basically is very close to being one to one for stuff that they made back in the sixties and seventies, right? And you know they're they're very much overlooked. I think um, maybe that's changing. Um, I hope it is. But you know brands like say you know Rolex for instance. Um, you know, that were around at the same time and producing dive watches at the same time, you know, kind of the, the first three really were the sub, the 50 fathoms and the, um, Seawolf. The sea wolf. So, you know, if you look at like the, not the orange and stainless, but the, the, all, the full stainless, you know, super sea wolf, right. They, I guess they, they lost the, the trademark for sea wolf to Breitling, I think. But the Super Seawolf, if you look at what it looks like today versus the watch they made, you know, 60, 70 years ago, they look really, really similar. And I like that. And it's the same thing with their GMT watches and stuff like that. So the brand to me is very interesting. 
And I think this is a really cool watch. I like the way they use color. They're one of the most sort of legit playful without being stupid looking um, brands out there. You know, they can, they can drop something like this and it looks cool without, you know, being schlocky. And I like it. It's, it's not something I would wear on the daily, but I mean, if I would be happy to own this and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I, th I think you nailed it on the head. They, have mastered sort of the playful color without being tacky. Like yep. your golf GMT is amazing. The GMT that I have, which is the, um, the lime green is yep, awesome. That's a great one. Oh dude. It, they have so many great colors, right? They had the Sherbert. They have, uh, I may have seen another one coming out later this year, but um, no, they have a, a lot of really cool watches. And I, I think, Honestly, since Mike's gotten aboard, like he's done such a bang up job with them. Um, I just saw he was out with my homies in Colorado. Colorado, right yeah, yeah. Dude, he's just he's everywhere. I think he's 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 cruising into wind up San Francisco soon. But I mean, he's just a a great dude. Like he's he's fun to talk to. He's he's passionate about everything, and he's sort of bringing these watches to light. I mean, I've I've always been curious about them before they sort of hit the mainstream as far as like watch media goes like they never really got the coverage they deserved but like you said they were there in the beginning they we, we you know we knew that they were sort of owned by the fossil group so like we didn't really know what to expect but then you kind of dig into it you know they use solid movements they make cool watches so why not? And I think this one's neat too. I mean, is this problem, you know, my cup of tea? I don't know. I mean, it's the colors are cool. Like you said, maybe not an everyday watch again, skeletonized, maybe not an everyday watch, but it comes on a Jubilee and it looks good. So I feel like I could rock this once in a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they do the one thing that I would want in a skeletonized watch that you have to do and that so many don't do and Make that the is hands legible <laughs> thank you thank you that no that's exactly it you know what i mean it's you know you can there's enough visibility of what's going on underneath the dial to make it interesting and to kind of make it worthwhile to do the skeletonization but you can still tell what freaking time it is it, you know this is not like a, a rolex daytona i hate because yeah you can't tell what time it is I agree. My number one gripe, like when I think about like the Zenith skeletons were like, I have you ever seen like they, I think people call it like the hummingbird movement, but it's, it's all over the place and it's, it's vibrating at like some crazy amount of beats per second. But like, I literally cannot tell what time it is. And it bothers me because I'm like that at the end of the day, that's the purpose of wearing this. Yeah. I, that's, I wear and... it to not check my phone. I want yep. to know what time it is and I want it to be accurate. And I have no idea. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an old dude and I, you know, my eyes up close are not great. And I want to be able to like you, if I'm in a meeting, I'm not going to pull out my phone and check the time. I just want to kind of surreptitiously glance and see what it is. This watch, you can tell what time it is. That is the the number you have one job and the, <laughs> Truth. The, this watch does it. So I would I would wear this watch. This is pretty cool. I think so too. And I'm excited to see what they're going to bring out this year. I feel like they're you know, they put out that ceramic. I feel like they're just scratching the surface on what they can do. So they've definitely I'm, got a back catalog to mine, which is great. Yeah. 
they got a lot of cool things back there. So, you know, fingers well, crossed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen. I was it Schmidt that mentioned the um, was it the uh, astrographic? Yes. So I and I hope I have that right. But uh, that was the first time I'd ever heard of this brand. It was like ten or twelve years ago, and it was one of my customers. And this is kind of how legit it is, but it sort of cements it in my mind. This guy was probably you know twenty odd years older than me, and he um, we're having a conversation about watches, and he is wearing one of these. Um, I don't know what the brand is, you know, but it's a, it's a, it was an inexpensive tourbillon. Okay. And we're talking about watches and he's telling me, Hey, yeah, the first watch I ever got that got me interested in watches that were kind of interesting or quirky. And he was describing it and he was like, yeah, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't see the, like the hands, you could see them moving, but it was like they're floating and he, and he'd gotten it in Vietnam. Wow. You know, he, he did a tour, um, you know, in the army, probably about 1970 and on an R and R he got one of these, uh, you know, Zenith basically, I, I don't know if they, if they called it the astrographic at the time, maybe they did. So I did a little research and I, I found it and I showed him a picture and he's like, yeah, man, that's it. You know, I, I lost that thing probably about 30 years ago. This would have, you know, this was again, 10 or 15 years ago. So at the time, you know, it would have been like the late eighties when he parted with it. Um, but for him, you know, this was a a watch that he'd had for, you know, 20 years and that he got in country, you know, as a young, like, you know, 20 year old army infantry guy, drafty. And there's so many stories like that with Zodiac, just like there are with Rolex, just like there are with Seiko. And if you're into the sort of the romance of watch collecting, the, the Zodiac is right there with these other brands and people just don't really don't know it. Yeah. I've had a few that I've had my eye on, on like eBay for a long time, yeah. because like you said, they've been around a while. People own them forever. Like there are like tropical references and like bake light bezels. Like they, they've had that. They had the light blue bezel before anybody else. Like that sky oh, uh, blue bezel. Yeah. That uh, what do you, I I think the way you always reference it is that Carolina blue, that Tar Heel blue. It is, man. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had my I, eye on one forever. I go, go look at the website for wanna buy a watch here in LA, man. They've always got a couple. Oh, you of good sent ones. me those. Yeah, they have white dial and black dials, which is super cool. Yeah, the a white, black, blue, orange. They're so good. Get them uh, before they blow up. They they're gonna be the next you know, universal Geneva or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. You know, and, and as long as the folks at Hodinkee haven't just, you know, decided to blow them up, they're, they're going to be approachable for the time being. So get them while they're hot. Uh, I'm onto the experimental, which I thought would be much stronger, but it's only 6.6 alcohol by volume. Sorry. Um, yes. It's pretty tame. I'm not going to lie. I thought it would be, uh, with the name like Experimental, I thought it would be aggressive. It's not. Um, pretty smooth. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's good. But an all-black can. An all-black can, I expected more. Like, I expected it was, it's very metal. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, There's uh, none, none more black. No, but I mean, it's can. good. It's definitely good. I just... I was I was under the impression this was gonna be like the knockout blow, but I don't think it is. So right on. 
<laughs> um well here let's we got to finish before you're under the table man <laughs> yeah yes yeah um yeah it's gonna be a great day at work tomorrow um <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah so aside from that uh any hopes or thoughts on things to come for the rest of the year i mean i know we haven't seen things from omega yet or a few other brands that kind of skipped watches and wonders maybe they'll do SIHH or something like that but any uh any lofty expectations expectations no but i i do hope i mean the really probably the single biggest thing is just that the the companies at omega included um and i'm an omega fanboy but that they can just basically double down on the production and and produce what they've teased over the past year um, I don't want to see any whiz bang, cool, approachable watches that, you know, can't be got in the yeah, next like right, 24 right. months, you know, just, just make what you've already committed. Um, I, I would like to see maybe a slightly smaller Seamaster 300 M, you know, the, the previous generation, they were available in like 36, I think it was 36.5. You know, so they had like a mid-size right, they had the version, mid-size, right yeah. of the bond. I, you know what's funny? I've always been interested in those. Like, yeah, they had that. They had it in the bond, and they also had it in the um the Peter Blake configuration. Yep. Yeah, yep. a lot of different sizes in the in the Peter Blake. Um, I became interested in Omega, and my first good, you know, again in air quotes, good like automatic Swiss watch was a a Tag Heuer uh, four thousand. In like 1998, it was after I got married. My wife and I bought it for me because she got like nice rings and she was like, Hey, you should have something too, blah, blah, blah. And I was starting to like watches even back then. And the watch that I really wanted was the um the sword hands seamaster. Okay. And the reason I didn't get that was because it was like 400 bucks more than the tag wire. And you know, as a as a young married, I just, you know, we couldn't stretch to that and justify it yep but my my boss had a steel and gold uh sword hand seamaster in like i think it was like a 37 millimeter you know size wow um super super cool watch and just very understated and that's one of those things that like has stuck with me forever i would love to see them kind of iterate on and you i know you and i have gone back and forth like back channel like if they did a a 300 m with sword hands like mod hands Forget lights out oh yeah lights out Ga- game over you know i think we're we're both in i feel like they um, have that in their pocket for like a rainy day you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's because literally everybody wants that watch yes. you know if, can you you mention something like oddball like 38.5 millimeter relatively flat sword hands um and the wave dial that they just put on the anniversary bond watch that came out last year, you know, where it's not, it's not super deep, but it's a little more, you know, aggressive than the original wave dial. And yeah, again, just everybody and their brother would line up for that watch. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It way more than anything else that's out there right now. Um, so that's probably the thing that I wouldn't want more than anything. Everybody wants the Submariner Killer from Grand Seiko. Yeah. You know, a, a 40 millimeter with a good bracelet 
which is really all I think we what we really want at this point. Most of us would probably be just like, you know, just make what you make now, but just put a good bracelet on it, please. Okay. You know, with give me give me at least one click of adjustability. <laughs> like, I mean, the idea that there's zero kind of sucks. And I'm I'm a huge Grand Seiko fanboy. Yep. But the idea, yeah, that it's it's a it's a very well executed poor design for the bracelet. Um so I would love to see that improved. But other than that, man, I don't know. I think, you know, we'll have to see. Oh, wait, I am going to say one more thing. Okay. This is the beer talking. Um, But I have always wanted a a reduced size uh, Blanc Pond kind of mill spec adjacent dive watch. They, they, their movements are made by Frederick Piquet, right? For the, the, the dive watches. And they are either four day movements or five day movements, depending on the size of the, the watch. So I have a Bathys gaff. That's the bigger one. It's a five day movement. Cool. Give me a closed case back four day movement, you know, uh, a three hand time and date, or just delete the date. It doesn't have to be like, you know, vintage looking the way they did with some of these things or the way like, you know, Bill Yao did with Mark II, Turnick Ravel. Do you know okay. those watches? Yep. Doesn't have to be that, but just make it something and then price it at like seven grand and just punch Rolex in the face with that watch. <laughs> you know I, you know what? I, I don't even need a bracelet. At, at that price, you know, I don't even need a bracelet. Just give me a, you know, a good movement, basic, intermediate size and... I am a customer for that all day long. That's what I would hope to see. I don't think I'm going to see that, but we still have one more thing to go from Blanc Pond, right? They were going to give us like three drops this year with the 70th anniversary. Right. And we saw, you know, we saw the first one, then we saw the tech diver. Um, there's one more to go. I don't think that's going to be it, but that would be great if that was it. We'll see. I mean, the probability is is non-zero, right? So, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, until they until they tell us that's not it, I'll hold out some hope. But exactly, we'll see. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Last on the agenda. Uh. Any uh new pickups? Anything you're eyeing? So it's not super new. I mean, I've had it for a few months, but I got the the um the Weiss watch. Uh, the 38 millimeter standard issue in titanium. So this is a, a, you know, Weiss did a limited edition. They announced at the end of the summer last year, and I got it about a month or so ago, finally. And it's the 38 millimeter titanium. It's the agave dial, you know, me and Greg are into the agave spirits over on spirit of time. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I took the extra step. I had it engraved spirit of time on the back. Um, But I, as, as relatively simple as those watches are, I love everything that Cameron does just because of the fact that like he does almost everything. Like every component on that watch, every piece of value add is, you know, done in America. You know, the strap is done in America. The case, he he does the case. It's a it's a clone of a Swiss movement, um, but he's making a lot of it himself. Um, the decoration is done by him, you know, the fitting, the assembly, uh, you know, the regulation, et cetera. Also, by the way, very, very accurate watches. So that was, that's probably the latest pickup that I have. That's, you know, my own, we've got a few things in for review. Um, 
and yeah, that's it. How about you, man? Anything new lately? Not lately. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have anything on the radar. I I'm heavily debating the um, newer teal 38 millimeter Seiko Five Sport. Um, I I also really like the so Seiko came out with those uh, diver GMTs lately, and they have that save the ocean model. It's it's got like a silverish dial, and then like a almost like a silver woven textile strap on it. Like I, there's a fancy name for it. I can't remember what it is, but that one's kind of got me there. There's a few um, Seikos that have me, but aside from that, uh, not too much. You know, I, I really, I'm really on the uh, affordable wave lately. I don't know why I just, I'm, I'm just having more fun with those and I'm kind of just rolling with it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but yeah, we still have a long way to go. Like I said, we haven't seen anything from Omega. And I'm sure my buddy Schmidt would be uh, ear to the ground on that, which he probably is. But he's going to be back, not next week, but the week after. So you guys will be looking forward to another episode of me with someone. <laughs> Just kidding. I know who it is, but I won't spoil it. Um, but yeah, uh, aside from that, I think that's all we got. I know you have a hard out in a few minutes, so I'm going to cut this one short. Um, thanks for joining me again. Longtime friend of the show, Matt McD. Um, anything else, bud? No, man, I'm just going to put a bug in your ear. Um, again, sort of, uh, like I, like whatever the kids say, you know, manifesting something, but we'll have to talk about this back channel, but you know, a variety of different platforms, a variety of people, you know, uh, have speculated on what would be the appropriate watch for James Bond. You know, should it be, should it be a Rolex? Should it be Omega? Which watch should it be? Should it be a Bremont? Would he wear Seiko? I'm, I'm, you know, a Roger Moore guy. So that's, you know, okay. the, yep. the Seiko watches, but uh, I think we, we need to maybe uh, rattle the cages of some of the guys in the different pod space that we, we talk to and talk about whether or not Bond really is a vodka martini guy. Okay. Like in in reality, <laughs> in reality, like what what cocktail, what drink would Bond have if it wasn't a vodka martini? Should it be a vodka martini? I mean, I think there's a case to be made for a few different options other than that. So, you know, maybe that's what we'll we'll have to do like a a shared topic um and see how that goes. Okay, I'm into it. I I've got some friends that I'll tap for that as well. Yeah. So Dude, uh, yeah, yeah. let's get let's get Bond's apartment. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, Definitely. Let's see what, yeah, see Lorenzo, what they let's get all of that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Seriously, um, thanks so much for filling in this week. Had a great time. Um, I'm astonished the time's kind of flown by tonight. But yeah. uh yeah, as always, it's a pleasure. And um, you know, you and I'll obviously talk throughout the week as we always do. Um, hopefully everybody will enjoy this one and we'll catch you next week on the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast. Later. You got it, brother.